Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What 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 what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What 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 what? Try to do a little remix. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy again. This is Baca here with Shift College and Young Adult Ministry, and I just want to say, uh, how y'all doing? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to see you guys again. Uh, I see you guys in the spirit. I see, hey, what's going on? Hey, girl. Hey, nice J's, my guy. Okay, got them court purples. Okay, okay. I see you with the with the braids, with the box braids. Okay, girl, do your thing. <laughs> don't judge me. Don't worry. Don't mind me. Um, I'm just excited. It's another week. It's another Tuesday. So you know what that means. It's time to turn up. <laughs> it's time to go up to another level. Um, last week was so dope. So again, thank you guys to each and every person that came out and joined us during our virtual, our first ever virtual kickoff. So this week, man, hey, we're just going to jump straight into it. No need to be going all with the with the formalities or anything like that. My name is Baca. For those that this is your first time seeing me, and you are here with the Shift family. So once again, can I get a school what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard all y'all. Some of your voice start cracking, but puberty is real. But um, <clears throat> moving straight on. <laughs> so tonight, this evening, I'm so excited because... um. <laughs> this this message and it's funny because i had a moment of is it a message is it a topic is it just conversation like what do i call it but tonight's message is very simple i titled this and you can write this down for your notes even if even if and what i'm talking about tonight specifically is trusting god even if you don't get the outcome that you wanted even if you don't see it turning out or you see him showing up in the time that you expected him to even if even if even if he don't come through which is you know we know he's going to come through but even if he doesn't come through trust god so i'm going to go ahead and pray this thing in and we're going to get straight to it all right father god we just thank you and we praise you lord god once again we thank you, Lord God, for each and every person that's under the sound of my voice. I just lift them up right now, Father God, and I thank you, Lord, that the eyes of their understanding is enlightened. Holy Spirit, have your way this evening. Let it be all of you and none of me. I thank you, Lord God, that you are my teacher. So, Holy Spirit, you are so welcome. You are welcome to rearrange, to 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 move, to to woe, to whatever you need to do, to shake it up. Harlem, shake it. Do what you need to do, and I just thank you, Father God, that I get to welcome you. So I take this time to acknowledge you first, knowing that when I do so, that you will direct my path. So Lord God, I receive your direction this night. I thank you, Lord God, for the words that are coming out this evening, Father. I thank you, Lord, that they're spoken with precision, with clarity, with impact, and that it's most of all real and relatable. I'm not about trying to be impressive in any kind of way, Father, but I just want to express you. So it's about expressing you. So Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that the ground is right, that the hearts are ready that we are ready to receive from you. And right now, Father God, I just thank you once again for even calling us to shift because you told us, hey, I don't want you to just know about me. I want you to know me. So Lord God, we just declared that this is an evening that we get to sit with our daddy. So we praise you, Father, for all that you are and that you continue to be. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to start this thing off. Um, again, I'm going to just jump straight into it. Um, Turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. I'm going to read a little bit because I want to set this up um, 
you more than likely are familiar with what I'm about to read because this is the <laughs> the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro. <laughs> so we're going to the book of Daniel. So again, that's Daniel chapter three. Let me get there before I say, are y'all there? All right, so Daniel chapter three. Here we go. All right, so I'm going to read this from the message. So I'm going to read through verse 18, but I'm going to kind of read it really straight through. Again, I'm just setting this up. I'm laying the foundation for where we're going this evening. All right, here we go. <clears throat> King Nebuchadnezzar built a gold statue, 90 feet high and nine feet thick. Well, that's a thick statue. He set it up on the Dura Plain in the province of Babylon. He then ordered all the important leaders in the province, everybody who was anybody, to the dedication ceremony of the statue. They all came to the dedication, all the important people, and took their places before the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had erected. And Harold then proclaimed in a loud voice, Attention, everyone! Every race, color, and creed, listen! When you hear the band strike up, all the trumpets and trombones, the tubas and baritones, the drums and the cymbals, fall to your knees and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who does not kneel and worship shall be thrown immediately into a roaring furnace. The band started to play, a huge band equipped with all the musical, musical instruments of Babylon, and everyone, every race, color, and creed fell to their knees and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Just then, some Babylonian fortune tellers stepped up and accused the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You have strict orders, O king. That when the big band started playing, everyone had to fall to their knees and worship the gold statue. And whoever did not go to their knees and worship it had to be pitched into a roaring furnace. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> you old snitch. Uh, <laughs> well, there are some Jews here, Shagrat, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have placed in high positions in the province of Babylon. These men are ignoring you, O king. They don't respect your guys. And they won't worship the gold statue you set up. In verse 13, it says, Furious, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in. When the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar asked, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't respect my gods and refuse to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I'm giving you a second chance. But from now on, when the big man strikes up, you must go to your knees and worship the statue I have made. If you don't worship it, you will be placed into a roaring furnace, no questions asked. Who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Verse 16, Shagrat, Meshach, and Abednego answered, King Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference, O king. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that because the boldness that they, they literally said straight up to the king. All right, look, uh, <laughs> guilty. It was I. We're not going to bow. And I know you say you're going to throw us in the furnace. But listen, even if God doesn't show up, we still ain't going to bow. So that's, that's where we're starting, and I'm pausing there. We're, we're going to come back so you can kind of put a little fork in it, put a little bookmark, a little uh, dog gear in it, whatever you need to do, because we're going to come back to this, this uh, passage. But I'm starting here because 
This specifically in between verses 16 and 18, it says, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, mm. Whew, boy, I don't know about y'all, but when I read the even if it, it struck, it hit me like to my core. Cause I'm like, even if, and a lot of us, especially as young adult believers, like just being real, we don't live a even if type of lifestyle. We actually live a more of, oh, you better. Cause if you don't, I'm not going to believe <laughs> like it's not an even if it's, if you don't, I'm out. And it's like, why, why do we, why do we choose to, to live that way? Why do we choose, choose to respond to God that way? When truthfully our, our lineage and the, the, the heritage of who we are as believers, our response should be even if, all right. So this, this is, this is the foundation. This is just the foundation. So where you at? Let me, let me get a foundation. You could type it, say foundation formation. <laughs> all right. Even if God doesn't deliver us, we still won't bow. Man. So we talked about this kind of slightly last week. So, and again, this is this all Holy Spirit. So we just letting him do him. But we talked about this last week um, with all that's going on. And as we say, you know, us is um, <laughs> of the darker skin, or I don't know if it's just us in Georgia. We don't really say, you know, yeah, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19. You know, Corona, the virus. We don't talk about her. We 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 respond with with all that's going on. So with all that's going on, how many of you have already felt the pressure to bow down? How many of you have already felt the weight to say, you know what? <sighs> hey, uh, whatever y'all got for me, I'll take. Uh, you got a vaccine, I'll take it. Whatever you got for me, I'll take. Now, I'm not speaking against any government or anything like that. Um, what I am saying is our response should always be rooted and founded in what did God say? What did God tell you? To be honest, where we are right now as a people, I feel like we're in a place where we have to make that distinction. Is it what God says or is it what everybody else says? Last week we talked about, excuse me, last week we talked about how how important it is to, to be mindful of what you focus on and to also be mindful of what you allow yourself to be consumed in. Because whatever you focus on, you will become. Whatever you give your attention to the most, ultimately that's going to affect your life. But if we're not consuming ourselves in the word of God, we're ultimately consuming ourselves in something else. You remember when we talked about the, the spirit, the fact that I am a spirit, I live in a body and I have a soul. You remember when we talked about that? I'm not going to go into the illustration right now, but hey, you can watch it last week. It's on the YouTube page. <laughs> do, 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 do. But the point that I'm getting at is what are we paying attention to? What are we giving our, our energy and our focus to? Because whatever we focus on is what we ultimately will become. And that's, that's a serious reality because if we think about Shagrat, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Let's just take them right now. If we think about them and who they are and what they represent in this, in this scripture itself, what is it that made them so confident to say, you know what? I ain't about to bow to your God. 
First of all, that's not a god. That's a gold statue. That's it's a gold thick statue. And you want me to bow to your statue? I know who my God is. I know who my dad is. I know who I have relationship with. I know whose I am. I know who I'm with. But if you don't know who you with, anything is going to come up and tell you to bow. You're going to be like, where? Where do I need to bow? Right here? Okay. Done deal. But we should not be giving up our right of who we are and forgetting who we are simply to appease what everybody else is saying to do. What is God telling you to do? Well, you might be saying, uh, I don't know what God's telling me to do. Uh, I don't, I actually don't know. I'm like, God's so quiet that I'm like, man, I wish God was speaking because I don't know what to do. And if I knew what to do, then I would do it. Use a lie. You know how I know? Because God already told you what to do. Here we go. We're going to go to another scripture. Let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we're going to go to verse 105. You're like, what you talking about? You said God told me what to do. He ain't tell me what to do. If God told me what to do, I'll be doing it. Hmm. Okay. Verse 105. So in verse 105, it reads, as clear as day, if I can go back to it. All right, I'm, I'm going to just read this from the, from the King James, make it simple and plain. In verse 105, it says, good Lord, on this iPad. All right, here we go. Verse 105, it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, I'm going to read that from the Amplified to also amplify it a little bit more. So it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How simple can you get? King James Amplified is the same thing. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Now, I love it. I love this scripture specifically. Like, this is also one of my life scriptures because the reality of what the scripture is saying is God is not saying that, hey, my word is, I'm going to give you this, like, this lighthouse and I'm going to show you the course over the next uh, 50, 60, 70 years of your life so that you know everything that's going to go on and you know exactly what you need to do. Like, he's not trying to give you the entire picture because, first of all, it will consume you. It will consume you. <laughs> it will eat you up because you're like, man, shoot, I, all this for me? But what God is saying is, my word is a lamp to your feet. Now, I have my phone here. And on my phone, I have a flashlight. You see the little, little sprinkle, little light. Now, this light is a lamp to where I am, right? It's a light. It's a lamp to where I am. The Bible says that his word is a lamp to your feet. That means that whatever the circumference of where you are in your life, that word is going to guide you where you are. It's going to be a lamp to your feet. So he's literally saying, I'm going to show you where to go and how to move, but you just got to trust me. You got to attend to my word. You got to let my word be a lamp to your feet. Because if his word was a flashlight or a lighthouse, you would easily say, oh, okay, cool. I got it. I got it from here. I don't need it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it figured out. I'm good. And God was like, wait a minute. You're not good because everywhere you turn, there's something that's trying to get your attention. And all I'm trying to do is to get you to see it. Without me, you are stranded. Without me, you're nothing. Not insulting you, but it's just, he's letting you know I'm actually everything. So without me, you have nothing. So my lamp, my word, let my word be a lamp to your feet. Let my word be a part of this, 
this 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 arranged ordered of your steps like let my word order you let my word show you the way but a lot of us are not looking to god's word to show us the way we're looking for somebody else's word what you say oh go that way <laughs> no problem what you say oh do that too no problem and we're placing everybody else before god and god is like what about me what about me put me in the game coach put me in the game what about me what about me? All right, let's, let's continue. Let's continue. God wants to lead you through this life step by step, step by step. I love the, um, and I, I've, I say this example all the time, but I, one of the perfect, one of the most perfect examples of God's word leading you step by step is Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. And literally Billie Jean in the video, if you look it up on YouTube, he was literally walking wherever the light was showing him. Wherever the step, the square lit up, that's where he stepped. And that's God saying, hey, my word is a lamp to your feet. Here's the kicker. I am my word. Let that marinate. I am my word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So the word is God. He said, my word is a lamp to your feet. I am a lamp to your feet. That's why he's saying that I will guide you. I got you. Literally throughout the Bible, he always, he just keeps reminding us like, hey, I got you. Acknowledge me in all of your ways. I'll direct your path. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Like literally he's telling us you're not alone, but you have to let my word be a lamp to your feet. And I said, let, because he's a gentleman. Hmm. That'll preach. <laughs> all right. So here we go. We're going to keep on going. And remember, we're going to come back to Daniel, but right now we're going to go to James. I'm just setting this whole thing up. James chapter one, I'm going to go to verse five. James chapter one, verse five. All right. <clears throat> In verse five, it reads, and I'm sorry, I'm going to just give you notice right now. I'm kind of reading from different translations, depending on how it's feeling in the moment. So in verse five, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Plainly put, look, if you need help, if you need to know what to do, I got you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel like you're about to be condemned or I'm going to put you down. No, I got you. If you need wisdom, if any man needs wisdom, let him ask. I give it freely. You're going to also continue reading because he also says that when you ask, make sure that you're asking in faith, that you're not wavering because a double-minded man, you know, let him not think he's going to receive anything because you're double-minded. You, you two ways, two-way split. But the point of what we're talking about, about tonight and what I'm speaking of specifically, if you need wisdom, ask God. Now, you might be saying to yourself, um, what I need wisdom for? First of all, do you know what wisdom is? Wisdom is applied knowledge. You're having a whole bunch of head sense, knowledge, and, and, and smarts don't mean nothing if you can't apply it to nothing. Wisdom is when the knowledge that you have is applied, or even sometimes the knowledge that you don't have, because it's the knowledge that came from God, which is why he said, if any man lacks wisdom, if any man does not know what to do, let him ask me. I will show him. I will give him the way to do. I, I got you. I got you. You ain't got the answers, Sway. I am the answers. Iverson, 
<laughs> All right, so wisdom, again, is the application of knowledge or it is applied knowledge. So I'm about to go. <sighs> All right, I think I set up enough. I'm about to go into this a little deeper now that I set my foundation. So, again, this is a reality of where we are. Where we are right now, I don't know what state you're in. I don't know what city you're in. We in Atlanta, right? So, uh, over here in Atlanta, there is a lot going on. And with so much going on, to be honest, like I said last week, you can have moments of feeling like, well, Lord, where are you? Like, I'm I'm trying to stand strong. I'm trying to I'm trying to hold on to what I'm hold on to my faith. I'm trying to continue believing. But I feel like I'm struggling. I feel like I keep kind of going back and forth, and I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna believe, but then I'm gonna kind of I might sway a little bit. Now, let me give you my 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 own little a little quick little testimony piece in this. So with so many different things that has happened in my life over the years, one thing that I've seen for sure is that in every situation, God was there, every single situation, even when it felt like it was all hell. I'm talking about all hell and hell's cousins. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell? <laughs> like this is hell. And I'm feeling like that, but I'm realizing that, okay, God is still here. God is still with me in every situation. But what I've also realized in that is a lot of times the pressure will come on so tough that it will squeeze me so tight. And I'm like, oh, I'm holding on, I'm holding on, I'm holding on. And it gets like right to that line. And I say, I can't take it no more. All right, somebody help me. Somebody help. And I kind of end up forgetting what I've been holding on to because the pressure was so tough. Because the pressure was weighing so heavy on me that I was like, I'm trying to hold on, but I'm just being real. Like, I might just need to do what I got to do. But if God didn't tell me to do what I need to do, he told me to do what I told you to do. There is a difference. So what I started to realize was what would happen if I held on long enough? If I held on past the pressure, if I held on past the, the weight and the, the strain that's trying to get me to let go and to quit. What if I held on long enough? What's on the other side of that? And when I started to realize that, to be completely honest, I said, all right, never again. It's not about me doing it in my own power, saying that, okay, never never again am I going to, uh, <laughs> never again am I going to let this go. But I realized that, all right, I can actually allow God to define or to redefine, to reshape, to take the pressure that's on me as coal, that he can actually take that pressure and create the diamond that I am. But every time I got to that point of the diamond starting to chisel away out of this coal, it was like, I was like, uh, I'm cold. I'm cold. <laughs> I'm cold. I'm not a diamond. I'm not a diamond. And God was like, no, you are a diamond. I created you as a diamond. And I'm just perfecting you. I am perfecting you. So be patient. And patience isn't saying, oh, let me just sit here and not do nothing. Patience is saying, let me just stay the same. 
let me just hold on. Let me just keep on staying the same path. Let me continue regardless of the weight, regardless of the pressure, regardless of the pain. Let me continue holding long enough that this pressure now has defined me or redefined me. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is there's a lot of pressure going on. Wherever you are, I don't know in your specific life, but there's a lot of pressure. There's pressure pressure to uh, <laughs> to be perfect. There's pressure to have it all together at 27. There's pressure to even speaking of today to say, oh, well, they're opening up the country. There's pressure to go back to work or to go back into the world. There's pressure to, to do this or to do that. There's pressure upon pressure upon pressure. But what are you going to do? Because right now, if we're being honest, there is a gold statue being built right in front of our eyes. And some of us are not realizing what's really taking place. But some of us as believers are getting an inclination or a, a trigger on the inside of us saying, ah, no, 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 hold up. Wait a minute. It's a chopper. There's something telling us like, hold on, wait a minute. It's a 22. And that's God literally warning us, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, hold on, wait a minute. Realize what's right before you, what's in front of your eyes. Don't get so caught up in what's going on in front of you that you forget what's inside of you. Don't get so caught up with what's in front of you that you forget what's on the inside of you. Even more than what, that you forget who lives in you. Don't get so caught up. And a lot of us are just walking through life going through the motions, just allowing everybody to tell us how to live. And God is like, bruh, I am the way you live. I am the way you are. I'm the way you breathe. I'm literally your, your everything. I'm your essence. I'm your life force. I'm your breath. I'm your, I am your wake up. I am your get up. I am that. I am God. But if you don't know that, you're going to bow down to the statue. So let's go back to our scripture in Daniel. Let's, let's see what happened. What happened as a result of them not bound to the statue? What happened? So we're going to pick up in verse 19. In verse 19 it says, because remember right before that, they said, look, we ain't going to bow down. And even if God doesn't show up, we still ain't bound down, you jive turkey. But in verse 19, it says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. Mm, distorted. You look different, bro. Matter of fact, let me go to the message. I'm sorry. I was in New Living. There's a reason why I'm in the message. <laughs> so in verse 19, it says, Nebuchadnezzar, his face purple with anger, cut off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace fired up seven times hotter than usual. He ordered some strong men from the army to tie them up, hands and feet, hog tie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> if you got it, you got it. But uh, anyway, he ordered them, hands and feet, tied up, and throw them into the roaring furnace. Shagrat, Meshach, and Abednego, bound hand and foot, fully dressed from head to toe, were pitched into the roaring furnace. Fire. Can you picture that? Three grown men tied up, hands and feet. 
about the rotisserie getting thrown into a fiery furnace. Grown men still in their clothes. They're not even, they're not even butt naked. Like they still they still dressed up. Still dressed up. Jabot jeans, tall tees, skinny jeans, whatever they got, but they dressed up and they're tied up. But they were pitched into the roaring fire because the king was in such a hurry and the furnace was so hot. Flames from the furnace killed the men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to it while it raged around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They died putting somebody else in. Hmm. I just heard something else on that, but I'm going to keep that to myself on that one. They died putting somebody else in. They died just obeying their orders from their king to kill somebody else, and they died. Message. So verse 24, it says, suddenly King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and said, wait, didn't we throw three men bound hand and foot into the fire? It's a fire. That's right, O king, they said. In verse 25, it says, but look, he said, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed. And the fourth man looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar went to the door of the roaring furnace and called in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the high God, come out here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked out of the fire. In verse 27, all the important people, the government leaders, and king's counselors gathered around to examine them and discover that the fire hadn't so much as touched the three men. Not a hair singed, not a scorch mark on their clothes, not even the smell of fire on them. <sighs> Let me read that one more time. All the important people, all the important people, all the important people, the government leaders, the government leaders, the king's counselors, gathered around to examine them and discovered that the fire hadn't so much as touched the three men. Not a hair singed, not a scorch mark on their clothes, not even the smell of fire on them. Who has ever barbecued anything? Anything. You're not even in the fire. You're just, you're just putting food on the fire and you can't come out. Everything on you got to go in the laundry. You got to bathe for about 27 minutes with Dr. Bronner to make sure that every single smell of smoke is off of you. And they were thrown in a fire that killed the men that was carrying them. And not even a hair on their body was singed. Not even the smell of smoke on them. Come on, bruh. Come on, bruh. Mm. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They ignored the king's orders and laid their bodies on the line rather than serve or worship any god but their own. Therefore, I issue this decree. Anyone anywhere of any race, color, or creed who says anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be ripped to pieces limb from limb and their houses torn down. There has never been a god who can pull off a rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Boy, boy. So, this is what I want you to see from what we just read. So, you can write these three things down. So, one, Jesus is always with you. 
and will never leave you in a furnace to get burned. No matter how hot the fire is, you will always leave without even the smell of smoke on you. I'm going to read that again. Jesus is always with you and will never leave you in a furnace to get burned. No matter how hot the fire is, you will always leave without even the smell of smoke on you. I know it's a lot going on. But to be honest, now is not the time <laughs> to give up and to cave in. Now is not the time to say, oh, you know what? I quit on God. Now is not the time to quit. <laughs> now, if you didn't notice, now is not the time. If anything, now is the time to press in. Because the way things are set up, that fire is getting hot. If you don't notice by now, I'm letting you know that fire is getting hot. And now is not the time to let go. Here's the second point I want you to take away from this. I'm going to read the verse first so you can so you can know why I said it. Verse 29, this is the second point. In verse 29 it says, there, the King Nebuchadnezzar said, Therefore I issue this decree. Anyone anywhere of any race, color, or creed who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be ripped to pieces limb from limb and their houses torn down. There has never been a God who can pull off a rescue like this. The point number two says, even if God has to change the government to ensure that all things work together for your good, he won't hesitate. Even if God has to rearrange how all the laws of the land, how everything is coming together, if he got to do it all just for you, he won't hesitate. He won't even be like, uh, should I? No, he won't even think twice about it. I don't know how if um if some of you guys like how your financial situations were or have been over the past couple of months, but let's just say you were somebody that said, "Man, I'm about to get evicted. Like I'm about to literally get put out and I ain't got no money." And you're nervous and your your dang on apartment or landlords are saying, "Hey, you need to get this to me by like tomorrow." And you're literally panicking. And even in your panic, God says, "Don't trip." I got you. I'm in this furnace with you. And your landlord says, hey, I had to go ahead and turn in your eviction. Your landlord says that. And God's response is still, don't worry, I got you. And right after that, hey, you know what? Actually, <laughs> sorry, got a little ahead of myself. Um, excuse me, tenant. Uh, there's actually a mandate across the country. There are no evictions. So, um, do what you need to do. Uh, get us the money when you can. I know that there's somebody out there. If right now you hearing this, you can actually respond with, that was me. Let it be known. Like, I'm not saying that, oh, glory and, oh, you couldn't pay your bill. But the fact that you couldn't pay your bill and God still said, I got you, that should say something to you. That should say something to you. God literally will rearrange and restructure how things are. Like, man, I really need a break. I really, I'm just so tired. I'm so worn out. I just got so much going on. God's like, oh, okay. We're going to shut down the entire country. Not just your state or city, the country. And then us shutting it down, this is so you can get a break. Because you have some, well, 
well-deserved rest that is coming your way. You need to refocus. Like God is literally setting all of this up. Don't, don't ignore what's actually right in front of you. It's actually happening. God is saying, I'm rearranging things just for your benefit. You know how it says in the word that God will cause all things to work together for your good? Some of y'all got a stimulus check. That might have been the all that you needed right now. But that's not the everything. That was still God saying, hey, I got, I, if I got to bless everybody in the country just to make sure that you're taken care of, I got you. Just don't put your dependence on that. Put your dependence on me. So my next point, this is the third point. Pressure makes diamonds. Trust God despite the pressure to quit. You will come out on top in the end. I'm going to read that one more time. Pressure makes diamonds. So trust God. Despite the pressure to quit, you will come out on top in the end. And we just, we saw that in verse 30. It says, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. But I could have sworn a couple of scriptures right before that. They literally, to his face, literally rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar said, I ain't bound to no calf. I ain't bound to no gold statue. You must have bumped your head. Like, I can see them laughing. Like, like <laughs> you can imagine everybody like the trumpet. I'm sorry. This is my only, like, trumpet that I got. So it is what it is. And when the trumpet plays, as soon as it comes on, everybody's like, oh, snap, this is it. And they go down. And you look up, you see three dudes. Like they just, they, they're vibing. They're like, wait a minute. I know these jokers ain't going to, I know they, you going to defy me? Who is this on this nag? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, man, I'll be having so much, so much fun. Anyway, if you missed it, you missed it. But, uh, <laughs> but the point of what I'm saying is we don't have to bow down. We don't have to give in. We don't have to cave in and quit. We don't have to throw in the towel. We don't have to. You want to know why? This, this is why. And if anything, if you didn't get anything out of this entire message, this is why you don't need to bow down. Go to John chapter 16, verse 33. I'm going to read this from, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. All right. Verse 33 is Jesus talking to the disciples and he says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So what that means is we have nothing to fear because we are in a fixed fight. Jesus has already overcome the world. So walk in your place of victory and don't try to win what's already been won. We're looking for favor and we're looking for, for oh, well, I got I to gotta beat the devil up. What? Who fighting somebody that's dead? Who fighting somebody that already lost? Now, if you don't have Jesus, then of course you got to put up a fight because you're like, all right, this is a fight. 
But if you got Jesus, that's why you can laugh like, you trying this again? The same thing? You ain't got no new tricks? Like, you could just leave a smile on your face because Jesus literally said, things are going to come up. But don't fear. Don't worry. I've already overcome the world. I've already overcome the world. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified so you can also hear it that way. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have, in the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Oh my God. Let me, let me read that one more time. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Right now, there's tribulation. Right now, there are trials. Right now, there's distress and frustration. Right now, I'm talking about like today. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. Don't waver. Don't don't vacillate. Don't go back and forth on this. Stand firm in this, knowing that I have already overcome the world. And I've deprived it of power to harm you. And I've conquered it for you. I've already won the race. You are in a fixed fight. This is our victory lap. We're literally running our victory lap right now. Think about after the race is over. What happens to the team? What happens after the, the, the one player crosses the line? The entire team comes together, holds up their flag, and they run around the track. They may go forward. They may come back. They may stop take pictures. But it's literally their victory lap. That is what we're in. We're in our victory lap. We're not in a place where we're trying to figure out how to do this. We're in a place where we get to say, hold up, wait a minute. He already won. It's finished. He already won. I said, hold up, wait a minute. He already won. Hey, it's finished. Hey, he already won. I said, hold up, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. He already won. 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 Hey, hold up, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. He already won. 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 I said, hold up, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. He already won. 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 There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. Now, I'm going to say this and I'm closing with this. Now, in saying that he already won, what I'm not saying is to be stupid. Okay, I'm not saying be stupid. What I am saying is be of courage, be of good cheer, be confident. Put your head up, put your back back, like stick your chest out. Be confident in knowing that he already won. Years ago, it was always YOLO this, YOLO that. Oh, you only live once, you might as well live it up. So some of us had this thought that, oh, well, Jesus already did it. He already won. 
well, shoot, well, since he already won, I can live my life, do what I need to do, go out there, you know, smash a couple, grab a couple, stash a couple, whatever it is that we're we trying to do, I can do that knowing that he already won because he already forgave me. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. <laughs> That's not what I said, and that's not what he said. Yeah, you only live once, but you only live forever. You only live forever. It don't sound as good as YOLO. It's YOLF. <laughs> you only live forever. You only get one life to live this forever. But don't be in a rush to bypass what it is that you're here for simply because you're like, well, he already won, so I'm going to just live it up. Yeah, you, you, you'll go to heaven because you accepted Christ, but you're not going <laughs> to see who you really were. Here on earth, you're not going to be able to impact the people that were assigned to you. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is this. There is a whole heap of a whole heap that's going on. But as believers, we don't have to bow down simply because everybody else is saying so. But we also don't have to be dumb deep that we ignore the promptness of God. Now, if God told Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if God told them to bow to the calf, to the, to the statue, they would have. Because they, they, they did it out of trusting him. But God didn't tell them to bow. He's like, you will have no other guys beside me. He's like, you, you dang all right, I'm not. Especially now, no, no, no statue that some man built. I know whose I am. I'm not about to sit there and bow. But what God is saying is, all right, why not trust me even if you don't see it come through? Why not be willing to trust me so much that you will jump off this building, this platform, and be willing to go through the earth trusting God? Why not? It's about trust. If we can't trust God, who can we trust? And especially right now, I mean, some of y'all sitting there trying to trust the government. Uh, it's a no for me. I don't trust the government. I trust God. I trust God. However God is telling me to move, that's how I'm moving. As for me and my house, we're moving as God is telling us to move. But we're not sitting there saying, well, because the majority is doing this certain thing, then I guess that's who, we're, that's who we are. That's what it's come to. Well, I guess God ain't saying nothing. Some of y'all got to realize, y'all got to realize that what happened after Noah, after, after there was a great flood and it washed out the whole earth. And you know, that was a super quarantine. Like, this ain't the first quarantine. That was a real quarantine. Oh, that was a quarantine. But Noah didn't say, all right, the water gone. Let me walk out, out in these streets real quick. Nah, that ain't what he did. He used wisdom. He sent the dove. Hmm, go look. The same way some of y'all sitting there and buying new iPhones, you'd be like, man, ooh, I can't wait to get this new iPhone. You'd be the first one. And you'd be like, dang it, I shouldn't have been the first because the phone messed up. Trust God is what I'm saying. Allow him to lead you. Allow his word to be a lamp to your feet. Allow him to order your steps, step by step by step. Only step wherever the floor glows. If you don't see no glow, that means the word didn't light it up. And that means you shall not be stepping there. But what you need to do is say, hold up. 
Wherever you tell me to go is where I'll go. Whatever you tell me to say is what I'll say. Because I have to trust you because I have nothing else to depend on. And if you don't realize that by now, you will very soon. So, I pray that you got something out of this message. I pray that this message impacted you. I pray that this message challenged you. I pray that this message freed you. I pray that this message opened your eyes so that you can see that, hey, it might seem like it's quiet, but I'm not alone. I might get thrown in a fire. I might be in a furnace right now, but I don't even smell like smoke. It might be burning all around me. Everybody else may be bowing down, but I don't have to bow because I know whose I am. So again, I say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Coming against the armies of God. Know whose you are. You're in the kingdom. There's no small thing about you. There's nothing small about you. So don't back down and forget who you are. Focus on what you need to focus on and see your life through God's eyes. You are a victor. You already won. You have more than enough. You're never alone. You're powerful. You're wise. You have the mind of Christ on all things. You're seated at the right hand of God. You are joint heirs with Christ. You are an overcomer. Like, realize who you are. There's nothing average about you. Because God is extraordinary. And he just needs your ordinary so he can put some extra on it. But if you can't trust him with, with his extra, you're going to stay ordinary. And it's that simple. So, Father God, we just praise you and thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord God, for the lives that have been impacted. I thank you, Father God, for each and every person under the sound of my voice that heard this message, Father. I pray that it goes and it grows and it infects and then it, it it becomes something that grows even further beyond, way well past what was even spoken this evening. I thank you, Father God, for the lives that are changed and that are affected as an outcome of this. I thank you, Father God, also for, for just the, the people that are in attendance and that this word, it continues to challenge, challenge us to pursue you even deeper, Father, that our relationship with you can't be based on how somebody else perceives you. Our relationship with you has to be based on our relationship with you, how we relate with you, how we see you, that you are our God and we are your people, that we are your sons and your daughters. So, Father God, I just praise you for that right now. I thank you again, Father God, for the opportunity to speak. And Holy Spirit, bring back to our remembrance. Don't let any, anything that was sent out return unto you void. Let it prosper in that which it was sent to do, to set free, to heal. I thank you, Father God, that our eyes are enlightened, that we see you as clear as day. And I praise you, Father God, for the testimonies and the lives that are continued to be changed as an outcome of this tonight. Thank you, Father, that our lives are shifted. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We love you guys, man. And until next time, don't just know about God. Know God for yourself. I'll catch y'all on the next one. See y'all next week. <laughs>